What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! The following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Cero miedo! Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprise! No more questions, not that damn What's up ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling Season 4, Episode 24. I am your host, Nate, and I am the Tag Team Champions. Today, also joining me, the other half of Team Hell, maybe. <laughs> Welcome back yet again, the man, the myth, the legend. You guys know him as Senior Buckles. The Team Hell, maybe. I might be the Tag Team Champions. Uh, I may be the Tag Team Champions. I'm possibly the Tag Team Champions. <laughs> I posit to you that there is a possibility that I may be, just be the tag team champions. There, there is an eighty-seven percent chance that I am showing up with tag team oh, champions. God. Wait, what? I'm confused. <laughs> the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee, is the tag team champion. Shit! Wait a minute, that's real. <laughs> and he also doesn't believe in masks, as strange as that is, and that's real too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I digress. What's good in the world, bro? <laughs> Oh man, world is just crazy as shit. I have uh it's been a hell of a week for me. I just bought some new wheels. I am a proud new owner of a Dodge Journey that I am rolling around in now, so I've been kind of waging that battle all you week. You really wanted to rep the Journey in the Comics Network. He was like, "Motherfuckers, oh, I drive God. a Journey. What do That's you have?" That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> very true. I got to give a quick shout out to one Tyler McLaughlin. I'm sitting in the uh, I'm sitting at the dealership. You know, getting ready to sign paperwork on the car. They're, you know, stepped out of the office for a second. And I'm, like, like palms sweating. I'm, like, just nervous being there trying to get my shit in order. And I send a text to uh, my D&D group, which includes uh, both Dave Linder and uh, Tyler McLaughlin. I said, guys, if I get this, I'm going to need some uh, help crowdsourcing a name for this new vehicle. And immediately, I mean, within 30 seconds, T.Y. comes back with the USS Transsexual. <laughs> God damn it, man. <laughs> I, mean, that- I said, all right. I said, the uh, SS Eddie Murphy. I got you. All right. Now, um, now, good levity at a good time. But, yeah, rolling around a new new car. That's been the story of my week. A uh, little bit of trivia. I told you you were the last person in my last vehicle to ride shotgun. Swish Chewbacca. I feel like so, Chewy right there now. There you go. 
So now I'm just going to be overprotective as shit for it. So <laughs> Cool. Well, I, I don't know when I will grace the new vehicle with my presence, but I'm excited for that, man. Um, Hopefully sooner rather than later. Hopefully sooner rather than later. we got to get some more. Yeah, can going. I say something, by the way? I want to throw something out there really quick before we get going too far along Absolutely. on the show today. Absolutely. I realized something today that we haven't yet said to our audience that probably, you know... Maybe it goes without saying, but if they're just now finding us, maybe they think that we're trying to be ahead of the curve. We've been ahead of the curve, brother. I just want people to understand and recognize some of the talent that is in our intro that was not on any of the major brands when we put them in our fucking intro. (laughs) They were real indie guys. All I can think of, yeah. The two I'd single out immediately would be Warhorse and one Ricky Starks. Absolutely, man, and the, and it really Ricky Ricky is the one that got me. Like, I mm-hmm. I'm not often correct about like up and comers who I think have the it, but there has and you've heard me gush on the show and off about the whatever the fuck it factor that Ricky has. Mm-hmm. Because Definitely. listen, it's one thing to have a great work rate. It's one thing to have a great promo. It's one thing to have some dazzle in the ring and, you know, have fancy um, looking gimmick. He pulls all things off in such a way that it's really believable, but it hits in a nostalgic way that I don't know if he means to. Gives me hardcore Rocky Maya Via vibes in a good way. I was, you know, I was just about to say that, although I got to say part of it is the the haircut. Part of it is the, uh, the fact that he wears the gold chain. All he's missing, he's really rocking the turtleneck look almost half Correct. the time. But like, so all he's missing is the black fan. But if pack. it was only aesthetic, you know, we couldn't sit here and really call no. it. But his no, his the, his promo is legit, man. The charisma's off the charts. Charisma's off the charts. He's smooth. And I as love shit. that they've given him ain't, like, ain't no two hey, rise it. to power right now in AEW. Here's your shot. Mm-hmm. Take it. I got I got to give a little credit for you specifically on it because you know. I've watched a lot of indie wrestling. I pride myself on at least going and getting a name for everybody and knowing, you know, who's up and coming. That's why I started doing the uh, someone fuck to watch, yeah. which will be coming back in the very near future. Double fuck yeah. Um, but you know, I had, I had tabbed Warhorse for that uh, for that particular intro, uh, and I you know grown to love him. But he already had a fan base. Like I found him because he already has a pretty good Twitter sure. following. I mean, spoiler alert: that Twitter following is what got him. The role on Dynamite. Fucking A, right, it did. However, Ricky Stark... So, so my, my point being that Warhorse is a known commodity. Like, he may not be top-tier level yet, but he's got a decent following. He's on his way. He's someone that the world was aware of. Prior to NWA Power, I had no clue who Ricky Starks was. Not a damn clue. And that's not saying anything bad about him. Just that's somebody that hadn't even been on my sure. radar and to see you raved about him from the moment you saw him on I power. just the fucking I mean, first were, episode you were blowing I felt me up it. on him and absolutely so to see him not just get called up from you know a good twitter following and and being popular and being good at what he does which take nothing away from warhorse the dude i think is a is lightning in a bottle but ricky is kind of coming almost out of nowhere and shooting for the moon right off the bat on his own talent you know, just going, hey, this is my time to sign, and this is my shot, and I'm going to take it. I honestly, I love the pairing him with Taz. That's brilliant. Even though Ricky's a great talker, Taz is a great talker too. But Taz is a good hype. But do man. you and you also see the future they're building on this, right? I mean, it's so in front of everybody's eyes. 
Oh, there's a, there is definitely like if you want to look at the next gen, if you were of of AEW, um, because I mean, really, when AEW starts off, you have to have known names. That's why you bring in a John Moxley. That's why you bring in a Chris Jarrett. That's why you bring in a Cody. I, I shouldn't say you bring in a Cody because Cody's the one bringing. Well, people and in, the, but, but you also ensure that people like Cody and Omega are involved, who are also large right, enough names right. now that they have their own draw and sensibilities. Right. But in order to have the future, you have to do what WWE has, you know, s- you know, standardly refused to do over the last ten years, and that's build for the future, build new stuff, actually take risks and on that's what, the up and comers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could say that WWE does build for the future in through NXT, and they do have people that are in the pipeline. But there's never the sense that they're going to be the next big thing because right now, main roster is a meat grinder, and it has been for the last known number of years. But when you look at AEW, you see guys like a Sammy Guevara, you see guys like Darby Allen, like Ricky Starks, like MJF, who MJF more so right now because he's obviously in a world title shot here soon. But you can see that those are the twenty somethings and the very younger crowd that is going to be taking the reins once the Bucks and once, you know, the Cody's of the world are kind of on their final run or they're kind of going back and letting some of the new breed come through. That's who's going to be taking the ball. Well, and then the amazing thing, too, about having such a vast depth of young and upcoming talent is, and, and God mm-hmm. forbid this happen, you know, but let's just say Moxley gets hurt for real. If they have MJF take the title from him, it actually works. And MJF, you might think he's young and maybe not quite ready, but it, Randy Orton-esque moment here where a young kid gets the opportunity mm-hmm. and maybe it it polishes him a little bit or it, it you know sends him off the rails. But we'll learn what kind of real champion MJF is if that opportunity would ever arise. Right. But to even say you have that level of depth with younger talent and not just like, well, if... If Mox gets hurt, I guess we'll drop it to Jericho, and then, you know, maybe maybe Jericho and Omega can have another. Few. Like you don't have to even you can be outside of the box right. immediately. And truthfully, that's where a show like AEW Dark is really kind of uh, a nice insight to things. Like NXT is great, but like we've said on this on the show recently, it's not developmental hardly at all anymore. It's developmental in the sense that it's prepping people to go up to the main roster. But it, it's a it's a brand to its own right. It's not training really any developmental plus. You see, you might see guys on house show circuits or something like that training, but the finished product that you're getting on NXT is polished as hell. Absolutely, and it's meant to be polished. Whereas you look at something like Dark, where you're getting guys like the Will Hobbs or the Lee Johnsons of the world, um, or even on the women's side, the Abaddon or the Anna J. The folks who are still kind of learning, they're, they're not maybe in the business as long. They're getting their, they're taking their shots and earning their stripes, really. And you, honestly, it's like watching what FCW was back in the day. I say back in the day like I'm some 90-year-old, but back in the day, you know, I mean, God, FCW feels like 50 fucking years ago, honestly. Mm-hmm. I was actually, kind of as a, as a joke with that, um, I was watching NXT from this past week, and uh, they're kind of building a feud or a, a, a bit with uh, Brizongo and the Legado del Fantasma, um, Santos Escobar's uh, group, and kind of chuckling at Fandango and and seeing a serious side out of Tyler Breeze. I'm thinking, man, that guy's come a long way from being, you know, goofy shit on SmackDown. I'm thinking, man, I've seen him for a long time. I remember when he was Mike Dalton in FCW. 
He was just kind of like long haired, kind of surfer ish. Like he was as, as white meat baby face with no personality as you could find. And then got repackaged as Tyler Breeze back in early NXT and became a great player. And now he's kind of moved into where he is a, not really an enhancement talent on NXT. He's a part of NXT, but he's kind of the old guard that's helping train some of the newer kids, too. Well, especially considering that's really cool. Spears have their own, uh, the Flatbacks Wrestling School. Right. Um, which, if you're in Florida and you have the opportunity, I mean, I know it's coronavirus times, but, like, seriously... Be trained by those two. They will fucking teach you mm-hmm. everything you need to know. I, I've i always been a fan of Tyler Breeze. I remember seeing him in NXT and seeing you know his work when he was doing the selfie cam and all that, and he was a super pretentious asshole. And then his transition into the you know fashion police and the amazing comedic style and sensibility mm-hmm. he and Fandango have, you know... I've always loved his style. Here's the for thing sure. that people that people forget about this because he he does have great comedic chops and great timing and uh, he's a hell of a wrestler uh, on that that personality side. But you got to take the ring work into account too. He's been a main eventer before there, and he is the only, not just one, but he is the only person in WWE in what twenty years, if ever, to wrestle Jushin Liger. Damn. That's I mean that's only, a uh, that's a that's a card that he's going to be able to hold on to the rest of his life and that's a mark that no one else is going to have. So like sure people so, I mean, are world champions but how many people actually got to have a match with one of right. the greatest? Right. You had a match at the inaugural Takeover Brooklyn against Jushin fucking Liger. That is that's a legacy right there. So like and again, you remember watching somebody all the way from his FCW days. And, hell, I remember my first exposure to uh, Moxley was through his FCW promos as the proto-Dean Ambrose. Oh, my um, God, when he cut that promo on Mick Foley. I still love his feud with uh, with Regal. There's some great stuff in that in that uh, early FCW feud with William Regal when Regal was still allowed to wrestle. I need to check that out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, you do. There's some great promo work. There's some great matches. Honestly, one of the best matches that I think Ambrose ever got to have, well, I should say Moxley, but ever got to have as Ambrose came on FCW. Yeah. It wasn't on NXT. It wasn't on WWE, Raw, or SmackDown, or any pay-per-views. One of his highlights as a as a wrestler, to me, is still there. He had a 30-minute Ironman match with Rollins in FCW. Hell, yeah. And it was fucking great. Great match. That's what put the two of them on the map to me. And, you know, I'm kind of rambling off here, but it's nice to see that AEW has that pipeline to the future because there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of promotions you don't see that through. No, yes. I mean, you look yeah. at, uh, I mean, the next big analog would be, uh, I guess, Impact. And Impact used to have training, used to have training schools, but now they're, Impact is a is a bigger indie at this point, which isn't an insult to them at all. They're doing great work, but they don't have. They're kind of a shell of what they used to be in terms of size. They're almost like a pit stop in wrestling now, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but I, f- I'd honestly, I'd put them at uh, the same size as like an MLW, just with more history. Well, yeah, or like ROH, even you know, yeah, um, definitely. But definitely. you know, you look at. 
I just feel like you have so many great tag teams that it just have reappeared in Impact. It's hard to not give them some prop and some props and some praise. The Good Brothers are there now. That's huge. Motor City Machine Guns are your tag champions. That's amazing. Right. Uh, you know, you Alex Shelley and Chris Saban, fucking huge. I'm a huge right. mark for those dudes. So, uh, you got to remember that everybody thinks of uh, of Impact is. LOL TNA, and for a reason. They, they've dug their own grave more than a few times with that. There's a lot of shit that, you know, you don't want to think about or you don't want to think about seriously. However, Impact's women's division beat the shit out of WWE's for a long time. Oh, yeah. Their tag team division was great for a very long time. You know, early Impact, when you had guys like Samoa Joe and AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels going at it, that's some great television. Hell, Monty Brown was oh a hell of a star. Should have gotten a better yes. run in WWE. Absolutely. Fucking Petey Williams, bro. Mm-hmm. God, there was so many I saw, amazing uh, talent in TNA back in the day. It's interesting to see that uh, that Eric Young is in a title feud for them Love right it. now, and you can go back and watch the evolution of his characters over a long span of time, and that's even including the time he spent in WWE. Do you would you recall your? I, mean, I like, know we're just like totally riffing here in the first part of the show, but I feel right. I feel that's perfect to start this week because there's a lot, it's just a lot of news, not a lot of crazy stuff to cover. We don't have a lot of segments built in this week. I'm still figuring right. out my perfect uh, road wild card. Fitting that Sturgis just happened. Um, I won't talk so, about the um, Ayatollah we'll, of we'll Rock and Rona. We'll get there. Trust me. We'll get there. We, I mean, I'm sure we will, but. Uh, I, do you remember your first exposure to TNA? Like, do you rem- recall like where you were when you saw your first six sided ring match, and were like, "What the fuck is this?" Um, if memory serves, my first exposure to TNA in general was flipping through the channels and seeing Ron Killings win a title, and thinking that was pretty damn cool. Nice. Watching our truth uh, being taken seriously for the a truth when he was the truth. Um, Ron the right. Truth Killings. Um, most of my, because I didn't get to watch a ton of TNA. Honestly, that was kind of my, I hate to say it, that's a point in time where I wasn't watching a whole lot of wrestling. I missed a lot of the Ruthless Aggression area. That's when I was in college and wasn't really paying that much yeah, attention. Yeah, you'd fallen out of it. I understand. So, um, I I would say probably my first exposure to like the six-sided ring was going back and watching highlight videos on YouTube. Nice. Uh, was... I, I lo- I'm a sucker for watching move compilations. Um, I've actually repped a, uh, a guy called the BDWJ. I think he's used 1989, 1990, or whatever in the past on YouTube, and his channels are down right now because he's had so much uh, cease and desist letters <laughs> from people who are from, from AEW and from uh, WWE for using their clips. But I digress. That used to be one of my favorite things to watch was just the highlight videos and shit that I hadn't seen before. And I think my first exposure to TNA was watching some of the highlights of a guy like Monty Brown and watching some of his like move compilations and shit like that, which led me into wanting to know why has that ring got six sides? You know why? Who is this dude? Why did why was he he okay? He was in WWE. Why didn't he get a fair shake at anything? Oh, he was in WWE CW. Oh God, what was this? Oh Jesus, what this is terrible. Oh yeah, <laughs> like um, I can. Oh God, that's my, my first exposure to uh, WWE CW was watching a Kevin Thorne highlight. If that tells you anything. No. Um, but 
Yeah, that, that, I think that would probably be my first exposure to TNA, uh, or Impact, as it were, at that point. Um, and it's 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 sad that they've had, they've been saddled with as much uh, crap from Dixie Carter and and Hogan and just horrible missteps. They're going to be more well known for that than WWE is for theirs, even though WWE's had their fair share, which we know they may be going through one right now, one or two, but. There was so much good, especially with early TNA, that is kind of glossed over because of all the bad. And the the fact that TNA has never, will probably survive a nuclear apocalypse on the Weather Channel or something like that. They'll survive with a TV deal somewhere that no one has any idea. But they'll survive. That joke's going to be around forever. But they will have survived having put out some great content in the past. Absolutely. And honestly, like I said, they're doing really well for themselves right now. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch Emergence from this past week. Uh, I know it's a two-part show that they're doing this week and next, but uh, from what I've heard, there were some great matches to that too. Um, I know they did have a title change. Uh, The Guns kept their titles over the North, but I do know also that Chris Bay lost the title, uh, the X-Division title to Rohit Raju. Really? uh, And... Mm-hmm. versus TJP and Rohit Raju. Excuse me. Um, so, I mean, they did have a title change there, and their main eventing their next show, uh, The really the main event of the entire two-week show, is an Iron Man match between Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo. Ooh, is the title on the line? That's oh, fucking yeah. A. I'm about that match. Mm-hmm. I'm about that rematch. Yes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but, yeah, it's it's... It's amazing to see that I'm trying to get back to what the original point was at some point, but it's they even now they don't have that they're they're building for the future by drawing from the Indies. That's what they're doing. Like guys like uh, Jake something who is cousin Jake of the Deaners or uh, guys like uh, Big Larry D uh, in the Triple XL team. Uh, even AC Romero's drawn from the Indies. Um, a lot of their guys, they don't have the rookies, they don't have the young guys that they're training so much as they're drawing indie names into their into their ranks and making the best out of it, which is completely fine. But the only one that seems to be bringing new folks in and trying to build them up and train them seems to be AEW at this point. I mean, it really is, yeah. And, again, kind of leading that charge is your guys like Ricky Starks. Um. Yeah, so I think we I think we made it back to the original point. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're no, I'd asked you like how you first got exposed to TNA, um, <laughs> and then we just kind of tangented away from that. Now, my first experience to TNA was a little bit different because it was in the heyday of TNA. I I will never forget this. It was probably like a week and a half after the first Slam anniversary, and Brando came over and he was like, "Dude, I bought." He's like, "I bought this." I bought this online. It is it's an illegal copy, a burnt illegal copy of TNA Slam Anniversary. Do you know what I'm talking about? And I was like, No, what's TNA? And he's like, It's it's this wrestling promotion. You gotta check it out. It's crazy it's ring. And we watched the first Slam Anniversary and I mean there were some really fucking cool matches. I remember uh Samoa Joe and Sanjay Dutt had a match that was fucking awesome. Um, I, I couldn't tell you what show it was from, but I do know that Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Christopher Daniels had 
arguably the best triple threat match ever conceived. Oh, so. yeah. Hell, of course they did. Um, speaking of Christopher Daniels, he he uh, retained the X Division title that night, um, in a th- and it was a three-way match. I know that it was like Chris Saban and somebody else. I can't remember who the person was. Mm-hmm. And then Raven actually ended up winning the NWA World Heavyweight Championship at the at the at the King of the Mountain match, which was the main event. <laughs> um, but it was it was amazing just because the ring was just like what the fuck is this? It's so different, right? And then to see people like AJ Styles work, to see your like you said Monty Browns, to see your uh, you know Christopher Daniels and and and, and Samoa Joe's, these are all Abyss. household names now. That back then, I was first being introduced to them, just going what the. F- what is this? This is different. It's different in a good way, and I loved it. And then, of course, I literally, I, I will never forget the day that they said Hogan was coming in, and I just went, well, there it goes. Yep. It's over. The, the company has just speaking fucking of, uh, sealed its fate, of the old school, and it sure did. Speaking of the old school, I know, did you get a chance to watch Raw this week? No. At all. So here's a kind of a positive and negative thing from Raw, kind of at the same in the same segment. First of all, you have AJ, um, I guess it was SmackDown last week, not Raw. Sure. Um, SmackDown last week. You have uh, AJ, who is their Intercontinental Champion, debuting a new uh, system of sorts to show who is worthy to get the next Intercontinental title shot. And he calls it the Phenomenal, oh God, Phenomenal something, it was something with an I, uh, statistics system for uh, phenomenal intercontinental statistics system. Piss. 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 That was the joke. It was piss. So, on the one hand, God damn, that's a dumb joke. Please tell that me you, really, you knew who the statistician really was. Yes. However, here that's the good side of it. The good side is that his stat, stat, statistician, said Fred. It's a stupid word. I was hate Was one Joseph Park. A.K.A. Abyss. The Monster Abyss, who, who, who absolutely stole that segment, by the way. The guy's facial expressions are amazing. He's amazing. But you have a ring, and he gets challenged by, you have a ring of A.J. Styles, Abyss, and Jeff Hardy. Full wink at the camera. And everybody who's watched any Impact or any TNA from any point in time should know there is some history in that ring right there. Oh, yeah. And and really cool to see. And wait, did you, know, you say that Jarrett God, was out there? No, 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 Jarrett, Je- not Jarrett, Jeff Hardy. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no, we're we're gonna be happy that Jarrett wasn't there because he would have just you know tried to take the Intercontinental title for himself. Um, Slap nut. No. <laughs> but yeah, and you know, just to be completely selfish, I'm really hoping that in some way, shape, or form, this involves Joseph Parks. You know, morphing into Abyss and us getting Abyss on WWE programming would just make my life. It'd be amazing if him and uh, AJ had a program. They had great chemistry in TNA. Mm-hmm. For me, it made me laugh because I watched the rest of the show and they're, you know, hyping up Braun Strowman. I'm the monster. Motherfucker, you're not the monster. No. The monster was on the segment with AJ earlier. <laughs> I'm pretty sure The Fiend is the monster. Well, no, they're booking it as the monster versus The Fiend. Oh, that's... That's, he's the monster among men, right? Well, yeah, I get it. It's just dumb when he's so, not the monster yeah. that the fiend is. The fiend is a no, real monster. Well, he's not the monster because the monster is the monster abyss. Yes, who was on the show an hour earlier. 
I think I even put something on Twitter about that. It's like, why are they talking about the monster? His segment was an hour ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, really cool moment. I hope, I don't think it will, but I really hope that we get a moment of Abyss in the ring. That would be wonderful. But we'll never, we, who knows? Oh, my God. You just made me think of a fucking hilarious segment. Uh-oh. Oh, my God. You're about to laugh so hard. Okay, so you had, uh, what was Alexa Bliss's segment called? Moment of Bliss. So, if Abyss came back, a moment Abyss. I'm just saying. A moment Abyss. <laughs> oh, God, I hope they're not listening because that does not need to happen. Oh, my but God. It, is, it's so terrible is, it could totally make their program. That is pun work. That is beautiful, glorious pun work by you there, Nate. That's beautiful and terrifying. <laughs> I'm glad you thought so. Just like I just in my head and, flashed and the visual of them trying to like replicate a moment of bliss, but with a moment of uh, bliss. Let's also let's also not gloss over the fact that the segment was men around a piss joke. So let's not put anything past them in terms of being terrible totally. at this point. He's gonna puke. Oh my god! You know what oh I forgot god. to totally tell you. What's that? We're off our AD, ADD meds today, apparently. This is going to fucking derail the show for a minute, but not too bad, but for a minute at least. And it'll actually lead to Go a headline ahead. that you told me earlier Absolutely. in the week, so it'll it'll get there. Um, I got Veronica, who is an avid anti-wrestling fan. Like, she's not really into it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or at least she pretends to not be into it, and she's really good at marking out and being like a hater of heels and stuff like that. <laughs> But we were on this little vacation, and I was like, hey, like, babe, what do you want to watch? And she's like, I don't, I don't care. And I was like, you really don't care? She goes, I literally could give a fuck. Whatever you put on, I will watch. And I was like, okay. So I put on the Dark Side of the Ring Montreal Screwjob. All right. And she loved it. That's It's interesting. It's very interesting. And then we watched the Moolah one, and she loved it. Oh, okay. So she's hooked. Yeah. We're gonna watch all of them except for the Benoit one and cool. probably the Owen one. Those are the two I I was Very told cool. to not show her the ultra sad ones. That's uh, fair. So, and I can understand. I mean, yeah. and as as a wrestling like, I don't want to call myself a historian because I don't have like all the facts and figures and know all the shit off the top of my head. But I am a lover right. of the sport of professional wrestling and the history. You know, I watched those m- more to. One for Owen was to kind of mourn and appreciate the legacy that was Owen Hart because he was fucking one of the greatest of all time. Right. And then kind of the same for Benoit, who, you know, maybe I'll catch hell for this and I don't really give a fuck, but, like, as far as a wrestler is concerned, the character Chris Benoit is a no-questions-asked, absolute Hall of Fame-level professional athlete who did so many amazing things. 100%. If you if you take everything else outside the ring out of account, you just if all you're looking at is ring work and you know on screen talent. No, Benoit is one of the best ever. No question about it. He's one of the best technicians of all time. But flat out. But his name is sullied, and it it makes it awkward and yeah. weird. And then things happen like I'm on the network today to show Ali, you know, a TLC match, the first TLC between Edge, Christian, Hardys, and Dudleys, and mm-hmm. The match before is Chris Jericho wrestles in a two out of three falls match. And all I said into my head was, that's not Chris Jericho wrestling in a two out of three falls match. That's a match with Benoit, and they took his fucking name off. Yeah, that's what the network does. And, like, I get it. I understand. But I also think it's one of those awkward, like, can we separate the artists from the art kind of thing. 
and in the ring well, he mean, was the art yeah. man um and that's that's really kind of what WWE does to their credit like I, I'm not going to credit them for blacklisting Penwa's name out but they're at least not removing the match from the card they're not editing it out they're not taking the show off the network they're leaving it on and they usually run a if I'm not mistaken they run a uh, a blurb before the show starts of you know, we do not condone the actions of the people in this ring or whatever like that. Something along those lines. There's a disclaimer that they run before any show that has been Watt in it. That's absolutely true. So, I mean, but they could be doing worse. They could have completely wiped the match or wiped the uh, the show from the roster. So, I mean, credit where credit's due, at least there. Yeah. Um, and really, that does kind of lead into another bit of... Uh, I get the feeling we're going to be kind of ping-ponging around the uh, topics tonight. Yeah, of course we are. So I'm it's already kind of, we're kind of bouncing around. Well, yeah, no, but usually I try to I try to break them up between different uh, different promotions at least, but I'm already bouncing around. We've already hit AEW a little bit. But um, like, I do want to like touch Guevara really briefly on the networks. Matt Hardy with that What's chair. That? What's that? I said like Guevara hit Hardy with that chair. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a big ouch. I have a thought that's about a, that, but get to your headline first, and then we'll we'll find our way over there. Well, it's it's just a just a quick touch on something that uh, we mentioned the network and something I didn't want to uh, let slip is this past weekend uh, WWE did something kind of unprecedented. Uh, they actually brought entire cards from indie promotions onto the WWE network, which features some AEW wrestlers. Actually, it does. Uh, like I, I actually watched a progress show, uh, the the progress show they have uploaded here, and I think I made a comment to I it was either I think it was on Twitter actually, um, that it's kind of a bummer that progress has kind of a bad rep now because of a Jim Smallman the promoter leaving and going to NXT UK, but also because the speaking out movement really shone a pretty harsh light on the shop that they were running. But progress shows themselves were a blast. And I actually had a subscription to progress last year uh, and would still have it, if not for the fact that my connection, for whatever reason, that it did not like to stream very well for me. But their shows are an absolute riot. Even if you don't know the people on, just watching the show in general, watching the crowd, watching Smallman doing his hosting details, they're great. And if you have a chance to sit down and watch the progress show that's on the network, do so because you'll have a lot of fun doing it. You won't recognize half the people there. Although the the main event of the show is Walter versus Ilya Dragunov for their title, and it's fantastic. Already sold. <laughs> oh, it's a, a hell of a match, and one that it the, the show made it onto the network because those are two WWE guys going. You know, there's a reason they picked that. You had Progress, you had WXW, you had ICW, you have uh, stuff from Evolve. Um, WWE already having bought out the rights to Evolve now, but this could be the start of us seeing more stuff from those indies on the network, and that's something I am very interested in. Well, yeah, because it allows uh, because, us now. I mean, let's peel the curtain back a little bit, but we have plans for a possible new segment coming in Season 5 that we've talked with Brando about, and mm-hmm. this news right here that you're talking about right now could play huge when we get to those moments um, mm-hmm. without spoiling too much. I agree. And, and, I agree. And giving um, it away. Yeah, it's a hell of a tease there, but um, no, uh, I agree. And it gives people a chance to see wrestlers that maybe they don't know of. 
it's one of the I've always talked about the IWTV app being a great place to see new wrestlers and new faces that you might become fans of, and it's cool to see shows that have you know. I watched a match between uh, Jonathan Gresham, who is a Ring of Honor performer right now, and the Mad King Eddie Kingston. You know, most recently of NWA and now AEW. Fuck yeah, Eddie Kingston. I watched a match between the two of them, two, you know, a Ring of Honor versus AEW, technically, on Progress on WWE Network. <laughs> the weirdest shit you've Never said in 2020 about pro wrestling. That. Yeah. Yeah. I heard David Starr's name get dropped on, WWE, on a WWE Network show. Wow. How's that for a change? Um, they actually, another funny thing about that Progress show, that is full-on uncensored. There are fucks aplenty <laughs> in that show. They didn't censor any of the dialogue, which I was very surprised. Is by. there any warning or anything before that? It's like a rated not MA that I was anything? aware of. Not that I saw. Hmm. Not that I saw at all. You might be spoiler alert. Seeing, also, apparently, you might be seeing that like Smackdown before also, they realized. Uh, you know. Oh, well, maybe, but there's also a little bit of a link that uh, SmackDown now was TV 14 last week. Interesting. Not PG, but 14. To which my response was, of course it's TV 14. Have you seen Biggie's hips? Yeah, he, he <laughs> undulates in such a way. Speaking of undulating Biggie, did I, I, you sent it to me, right? The, the five-minute clip from Fox of them in the psychiatrist's office. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my That's God, wonderful. that was comedy gold. <laughs> that is wonderful. I don't, know, I don't even know what that was for. I, it just showed up on... Uh, the WD, the SmackDown on Fox Twitter feed. For it's just this long, like five minute long video of uh, Xavier Woods and Big E at a therapist's office driving the therapist crazy. It's wonderful. And that undulating on the desk wonderful. at the end. Oh my. Mm-hmm. Um. And I again, I don't know what it's even supposed to be promoting or where they're going to be airing it or if they will. But hell, it's fun. Yeah, it is. I love seeing Big E getting a uh, getting a uh, singles run. By the way. I agree. I think it's um, amazing, and it's about goddamn time. It is, and I mean, the guy's already been an Intercontinental Champion before. He's had a singles run in the past, but never as the fan favorite that he is now. And I like that they're doing it without breaking up the New Day. And I, you know, they've gone on the record as saying they don't ever want to be broken up. They want to be the team that survives. They even got mad at Booka and CM Punk about saying they should break up the New Day. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it would be a good story. It would be good TV, but no, you don't break up something that's that's that successful, I guess, and that that uh, meaningful, I guess. No, if you're going to do anything, but, give them a full heel turn and have them recruit a couple additional folks in. I could see that, like just but, like almost like I don't know. It's going to sound racist, and I don't mean it to, but like Nation of Domination style, you know? You know, they've already there's been talk of New Nation recently, and I'll get to that in a moment, but. Um, there was talk of wanting to do a new nation, and that kind of got downplayed. And people in the back even said, "No, that's not a very good idea." <laughs> not right now, especially. No, no. And I mean, the closest you're probably going to get is watching the uh, the Hurt Business on Raw, the uh, Lashley MVP Shelton Benjamin faction. Yeah. Um, and really, no, you don't. There's no world where I want them to do in a, a new nation because they're well. I'll get into again. I'll get into it in a minute with. The fact that they cannot, they're they're too tone deaf for their own good already. I don't need them adding more to it. Um, but yeah, Big E's singles run really quick. I like the fact that they're having, you know, the rest of the New Day endorse it. 
Um, bummer to me is that they're going to keep him as New Day Big E. He's still going to have the same music, mostly just because I loved his original music, <laughs> his original NXT champion music. Yeah. But, yeah, I liked him coming out with the uh, the chalk powder and everything. I used to dig that character a lot. So kind of bummed that we're probably never going to see that again. We might get a five-count reference here or there. probably be it. But uh, I'm hoping to God that Big E gets a run. I'm thinking they may be building him up for an inter- another Intercontinental title run, which would be a feud with AJ, which would be awesome. Um, swinging it back over to Raw because I can't really not address it too much. I can't really avoid addressing it. The tone deaf, like I said about them, they I don't want them to run the uh, new nation because they're already too do- tone deaf for their own good. Sure. Remember in the last show when we talked about this new faction they debuted? Retribution. They calling, uh, Retribution. They've shown up to SmackDown and cut down the fucking ring. Uh, you remember how I made the comment that I really, really, really hope they weren't just going to be an Antifa gimmick? Which is exactly what be, they are. Yeah, that's... Yep. You You can't really be more on the nose with it. That is 1,000% what this is. This is a bunch of... I guess they're acting like teenagers and kids that think it's fun to run around in all black and tear shit up for no reason and not have a point. They're just there to laugh and yell and and break stuff. And they look exactly like what you would see on Fox News, and it fucking aggravates the hell out of me. Especially considering you know where Vince's loyalties lie behind the scenes. Yeah, well, yep. We're all aware of this. Yeah, it's it's, it's disturbing. The guy in the... the president still has his uh, his Hall of Fame ring on. We, we're all aware of this fact, but it's 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 tone deaf. It's really really tone deaf. It's cheesy. It's cringy. And on top of all that, it's not even a good fucking wrestling angle. It's not even entertaining. It's no, terrible. It's just like, ugh, why do we have to watch this? It's well, for one, they haven't even apparently set the people who are in the faction because they keep subbing people in and out. It's been random people every time. The first couple times we saw them, they all look like they were escaped from 205 Live where they're all tiny. Rumor, there was a rumor going around that it was Candace and, and Johnny Gargano wearing it just because they needed people in there. Hey, I've got a late-breaking Gargano headline, by the way. Oh. But we have... You know, they look terrible at first. They're... Their first act of business was to, you know, firebomb a generator that did absolutely nothing. They're flickering the lights because it was scary. Um, they're waiting nicely until the show's over, the last match is over, before they take over the ring and destroy it. Yeah, what odd time. They're, yeah, I mean, how, how nice and polite of them. Um, I think it'd be fucking amazing if they came out and ruined one of the rings and the wrestlers still went out there and, and had like a... You know, no a no ropes deathmatch type thing. I've seen it before. Yeah, maybe. Well, they're going to cut all the ropes off and something going raw underground. Huh? <laughs> no, no. I I don't. We don't need to. We don't need to blur the genres. Why did I just are. envision Vince with the hood in '98? It was me, Austin. Uh, it was me all along. And like Retribution cuts the ropes, and it's just Shane McMahon. Now we have SmackDown Underground. Are you guys ready? Uh, That's no, the whole gimmick. No, we're not ready. None of us are ready. But the they 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 took two tries to throw a cinder block through the bottom of a glass door and then pat themselves on the back and run away. And then they beat they did do something nice. They beat up people in the uh, production truck. And by God, maybe they beat up Kevin Dunn. Hopefully, I don't know. If if they did that, they'd turn the group face to me. I don't know. 
Um, the greatest face turn in history. They took out oh Kevin God. Dunn. I'm I'm going to make that a running gag in this show now is my hatred of Kevin Dunn. I'm about it. We can bring that gag back and then the dandy. You don't know about the dandy. I don't know the dandy. The wrestler um, El Dandy from WCW. Oh, God. The name is familiar. Well, we stopped calling him El Dandy and then we just started calling him The Dandy and then Dandy <laughs> started becoming like a phrase that goes over anything oh, and anything could be dandied and it's funny as shit. So don't forget that. It might pop up later. Um, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Do you want to get um, this headline really quick about Gargano? It's actually kind of shocking. Sure, go ahead. Um, he got hurt, actually, tonight. Um, he had a match against Ridge Holland. Uh, Ridge Holland, yeah, that's right. I Obviously, just to pull the curtain back, this is Wednesday night. NXT's going on right now because AEW is preempted to Saturday. No, I'm not watching. But I am looking that up right now. So, Holland, uh, let's see... He sl- I'm hoping Holland didn't botch something. I'm really hoping that he, because he's got a good He did. He botched a move that looked brutal, and Gargano landed directly on his head. Gar- Jesus Christ. Gargano looked. Uh, no, oh, no, 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 no. That's right. That's right. I forgot. It. This was taped last week. Oh, so this is already something yeah, that's th- not. Yeah. Yeah. This was taped last week. I thought they were going to take it out. Hold on. I'm I'm watching this right now. I'm watching this. Oh, my God. Send me a link, Holy please, shit! Have you that seen this? reaction is, whoa. Holy shit, have you seen this? No, I haven't seen it. I just saw okay. the headline and then the... Okay, I'm uh, I am sending this to you right now. Uh, preface to the reader, I'm on Cage Side Seats going on there, and I'm sending a link over. It's right now, it's the, one of the top links on their page. Um, it is... I'm not going to call it a botch because I don't think it was you know, poorly planned or anything. It looks just like a bad landing. Um, but not... Not just dropped on his head. That's why I, I was worried about. There's some force to this. Um, I'm gonna let you watch it before I actually mention it on the show, so I don't want to ruin it. But oh, yeah, that's oh my god! Okay, so now that you've seen it, um, yeah, it's a uh, uh, power slam, scoop power slam. He like went you would to see do the Cody Randy Orton move, or, and he just didn't have the the. He just didn't get him tucked far enough. Oh my god! Whoa! Like he gets spiked on his head. And then while while moving, I'm like, but uh, stunned. no, I, I will say that I will say that we do know from that being taped last week, he did get up. They did finish the match. He is supposedly okay. We haven't heard anything. I haven't heard anything from that since. Whoa. No, I I remember hearing like reading a headline from the taping that yeah, Gargano took a bad bump. They had to stop the match for a few minutes, and he's fine. Jeez. But no, I didn't really put much thought into it. I didn't realize they were going to keep it in. Jesus Christ. Whoa. And <laughs> Holland's not a small man by any stretch. No. He's a big, beefy boy. That's rough. Um, you hate seeing yeah, that so happen. Some live takes from the show right there. Yeah, I um, love that. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't love him getting dropped in his head or spiked like that. Jesus. Um, I don't even remember. We were, ta- we were talking retribution. Um I have to say right now that that is one of the worst angles I've seen in years. I mean, we've seen some bad shit. We've seen some Bailey, This Is Your Life. We've seen some Lashley Sisters in recent memory, the whole Lana wedding. We've seen some dumb, cringy, bad shit lately. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's kind of par for the course in WWE right now. However, dumb, cringy, bad's one thing, but dumb, cringy, bad, poor taste. This is Katie Vick level poor taste to me. I can't speak for anybody else. I can't speak to anybody's politics, but I have to say that an Antifa gimmick 
is really stretching my desire to even put money into watching WWE at this point. Like, seeing that shit on my screen, it's not just bad TV. It's not just a bad angle. It's it's offensive in that right alone. It's insulting. It's, it's insulting to your intelligence, for one thing. <clears throat> However, to use Fox News' you know, de- demonization of essentially what originally were protesters, there are... Fox News is using, in, there is no Antifa. We've touched on the show before. There is no Antifa. There's no organization. There is no group. There is no entity called Antifa. It doesn't exist. It's a boogeyman created by Fox and Fox News to terrify people and make them not want to uh, or to associate terrible things with progressive behavior. Bingo. It's a, it's, it is a scare tactic used to, uh, to vilify and associate people who would otherwise be uh, protesting peacefully with violence and anarchy and horrible things. It's just, it's bad trickery. That's all it is. It's it's a dog whistle to people who are already scared. So, to take that and then use it as a heel gimmick, to push that narrative even further, is distasteful. To expect someone who may have, your audience may have gone out and peacefully protested, your audience, like a guy like Big E, may have a Black Lives Matter armband on, right, as you're speaking. You know, may have a sign out in their window that says Black Lives Matter. They may believe that. And hope to God that they do because, well, I'm not, I'm not going to get into that argument here. However, to ask somebody in your audience to see those kind of things that have already been vilifying what they're trying to do on Fox on you know Infowars, all this other bullshit, to see that get put out on WWE and then say, yeah, you're supposed to boo them. We're gonna we're gonna push this narrative even further because I'm I'm Vince McMahon and I'm I can't help myself. Hey Vince, I'm it's gonna do one worse dis- than not boo them. I'm not gonna react. I'm not to gonna them watch at all. your fucking show. Yeah, I'm not gonna watch your fucking show. There you go. And. You know, they wonder why they're losing. I'm not going to say that they're losing their ratings because of uh, because of retribution. It's too new. They were losing their ratings beforehand. But it sure as hell isn't going to bring anybody back. It's lack of intelligent decision-making, though, like retribution, that is causing them to have right. this ratings right. drama. And I tell you, to speak on right. the ratings war for a minute, bro, an interesting thing happened last week. What's that? First time ever, AEW in the top five or six... No NXT in the top fifty, right? Which is 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 surprising and sad to me because NXT is not bad by any stretch. No, it's it's really it's sad. I would if you told me that WWE like Raw and SmackDown were in that rate, that they'd drop that far. Wouldn't shock me. They deserve to. Well, I shouldn't say they deserve to, but their creative deserves to. But NXT doesn't. NXT is still a good product. There's still good matches. There's still good storylines. It's still competent. It's nowhere near as bad as the rest of WWE programming is, and they're kind of uh, they're kind of fallen by the wayside, and unfairly so, at least to me. The best show they have is doing the worst right now, and that's sad. Um, you know they can crow about. Uh, did AEW actually beat Raw and SmackDowns in the ratings that week again? They've consistently done it two or three weeks in a row now. Have they? I, I honestly, I don't pay. 
you know, it may, may come as a shock on a wrestling program like this, but I don't follow the ratings that much. I honestly, there's so much else that factors into it. It doesn't, it doesn't really move my needle too much. I mean, you had Raw going up against, uh, or you had uh, um, you had Raw going up against presidential, uh, the, the Democrat National Convention, things like that. You got the return of basketball and hockey and baseball now that's going to be playing roles into it. So there's other things at play, and really, right now. The world's so fucking upside down that who knows what's normal anyway? Yeah, exactly. What's normal supposed to be? What are you what's your, what are you testing this against? You can't test ratings against what they normally are because nothing is fucking normal right now. Um, but and it, it wouldn't surprise me to see that AEW is topping Raw and SmackDown in the ratings because, like I've said on the show before, it's not hard to cr- to it's not hard to clear a bar that's on the ground. Again, Cesaro. And Sheamus drunk on the floor, <laughs> yeah, slobbering on it's, themselves. I, it's really gotten to be a problem with me because I watch Raw and SmackDown every week if I can, and you know I can joke around about the fact that I'm live tweeting Raw half the time because it's distracting and it's fun for me that way. But Raw and SmackDown right now are, and we've we've talked about it before. They're a chore to watch. And, you know, we can go off on every different tangent we want, and we've already hit every freaking tangent believable about why Raw is bad, why SmackDown is boring, and why creative is in the toilet, and all these different things. But it comes down to the fact that when you're watching it, there's nothing to get, grab your attention anymore. There's very little. And I can go back and watch, you know, look at the headlines <clears throat> and, and, and notes that I have from Raw and from SmackDown. You get maybe one, two segments a show that actually grab your attention in any way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. The rest of it, it's just paint by numbers. There's no reason to watch it. There's no reason to care. And it's always like these thrown-together-ass matches that don't really fuel the storyline that much further. They're Random they're, running they're thrown, after the fact. Random. They're, they're thrown-together matches. They're, they're stupid finishes. They're random tag matches. There's interference and shit. And, like, these are all things, and don't get me wrong, the, all these things are tropes in wrestling for a reason they all work however they're always the same in wwe right now everything feels the same nothing is interesting nothing is new i don't care about braun and the fiend i've already seen braun the fiend or braun and 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 bray i've already seen it you know i may not have seen bray as the fiend versus braun but does it really matter they wrestle the same way you know i don't care I don't give a damn about MVP versus Apollo Crews because we've seen it for the last four months. And that's one of the better feuds they've got going. You know, I don't... I can say that Bailey and and, and Sasha, you know, fighting Asuka are great things because they're great professional wrestlers. They're three of the best women on the planet. However, we've already seen it multiple times. And now we're going to see it two more times this weekend. And it's so phoned in, we're tired of it. I mean, it's, I wouldn't even call it phoned in in terms of the matches themselves. The, that's the real tragedy is that the talent on screen is not underperforming. You know, even, you know, even the things that you don't like, even guys like uh, Strowman is trying his ass off to sell, to sell the angle. You know, Seth Rollins is doing some great character work. Randy Orton's the best he's been in years. By a mile. There's great matches every week, but 
it's not the talent's fault that the show's failing. It's creative's fault. It's the fact that no one is presented on the show like it means a damn. Why do I why do I care about Raw or SmackDown? Why why am I supposed to care about MVP and, and Apollo Crews when we've already seen it for four months? You know, we've already seen MVP get beaten. We've already seen Apollo win the title. Why do I still care? Why do I need to watch Sheamus and, and Jeff Hardy in a bar fight because of a really poor angle? You know, why why do I need to see Randy Orton punning? And it, this is a good segment, but the wonderful segment between Flair and Orton gave us great promos and great moments, but we've already seen that too. Well, and then they immediately you know, retread the water right. again, kind of with Sean. Right. Why do I need to see the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits have a best of whatever series of stupid shit over the course of a month and a half? Why do I need to see, you know, Garza and and Andrade fighting the Street Profits, and then one of them fighting the other Street Profit, and one of them fighting the other Street Profit, and then another tag team match, and then another segment involving the two of them? Keep them apart. Give me reason to see them in the same ring together. Maybe don't just pay it off immediately. You know, I I hate to compare it to AEW every time, but one of the things that made NXT great and one of the reasons that AEW is successful, to me, is their two-hour time limit and the fact that you don't see everybody every week. You don't see Moxley in action every week. You don't see him on screen every week even sometimes. Mm-hmm. When they, they promote the fact that, hey, Hikaru Shida's in action, hey, I'm tuning in. And not just because you know, they don't have her wrestle enough or not just because their women's division is, is rough at best, but I'm interested to see her wrestle because I haven't seen it in a little bit. You don't get a Keith Lee match on NXT every week. He might be on the show, but you don't get a match with him every week. And really, even in NXT's heyday, you know, before when it was still on the network only and when it was, you know, takeovers were just humming right along, you wouldn't see the same people week to week. You know, you'd watch four episodes and you get maybe uh, a Gargano match or something like that, say Gargano, once every three weeks, if that. You might get a vignette or something, but you're not getting them in the ring. You're building interest. You're building desire. Right now, WWE is just putting it all out there every time. There's, every show's the fucking same. You got to leave fans and wanting more, and WWE is not doing that. They're doing it. In a, they're no. doing it in a bad way because you know what's happening. I, I kind of I have an idea, a thought here. Sure. It seems like you know that you have a great point about how the talent isn't always on screen every week. And even in the Austin heyday, he wasn't on screen every week or wasn't in the ring in action every week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's happening is, is that when you're supposed to be subbing in different guys, they just keep rotating the same top people to kind of wane interest. And the people that folks really want to see are all getting buried, not on screen. And they're right. catering. Now, to be fair, there I mean, there is a pandemic going, and they may not have access to everybody on the roster at all times. Let's be fair. I vibe that. I understand there are but, some limitations. But in no, this. but the the problem is they were doing this before the pandemic as well. Absolutely. And they have. Why do been I need to see Umberto, Why do I need to see Umberto Carrillo get jobbed out every week? Why do I care? Why do, Why am I supposed to be excited when he shows up? You know, uh, it's just. 
Watching those shows is so painful, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't have to be. But they're just doggedly going on and, and not changing anything. They're not... They know their ratings are bad. They've admitted their ratings are bad. They'll blame it on everything else but their content. They'll blame it on the pandemic. They'll blame it on the roster being weird. They'll blame it on not having new stars. They'll blame it on injuries. They'll blame it on the people being green that they're bringing up. These are all things that they blamed in the last six months. I mean, we've heard the conference call. They've talked about this in the last six months. Not once have they said, well, our storylines are really kind of suffering. We need to shake up creatively. We're having trouble showing product in interesting ways. You know, maybe our camera work is making people sick. I don't know. But well, with that kind of camera work, of course, <laughs> it's making people sick. Yeah. Oh, it's it's going to get worse, too. But all of this, all of these things that we can lay out as to why Raw and SmackDown are hard to watch, they'll tell you, no, you're just stupid. You'll get Seth Rollins going on social media saying, people don't, or the WWE fans can't appreciate long form storytelling. You are not crazy and higher than fucking They're not patient fucking enough. Seth Rollins. Long form storytelling my that. ass. They can't long form story tell a five minute tale. Well, that's the point <clears throat> is that, that Seth says that they don't do it because the audience can't take it. They can't. They're not patient enough. Mm, yeah, I I guess that's the truth. And I that that didn't work well, in the nineties. This, this is this is Seth Rollins who had the course of a year. This is Seth Rollins who had to turn heel because he literally couldn't keep sticking his own foot or keep from sticking his foot in his mouth in real life. Bubba bingo. So I mean. He's he's kind of known for that fact, yeah. but <sighs> well, I mean, look, their product's bad enough that we're not the only people that think it's bad. Other people are jumping ship, technically speaking. Jumping ship to AEW, just jumping off the ship to begin with. You don't have bad ratings without having bad product. Well, all I'm saying is, is you've got actual people who are within their company that are now leaving, and yeah. and there's obviously been so, the but, big headline today that you know yeah. we, we've done the show last night. We wouldn't have this headline now. We do so. Yeah. According to according to Dave Meltzer, there's many, many, many people in WWE who have inquired about interest at AEW. Whether or not that's true or not, we don't know. It's hard to take hard to take Meltzer's take on AEW sometimes with a grain of salt, but um, a lot better than whatever the fuck Cornette said about them trying to get Goldberg. You you don't take Cornette with a grain of salt. You take Cornette with a grain of shit <laughs> and maybe a grain of alcohol too. Um, but. Here's here's a couple things. You want some some examples as to why WWE is tone deaf with their audience and with their programming and why programming is failing. Do you know what we're getting right after SummerSlam? What it is? Payback. Another show. Another another uh, pay per view. That's dumb. You know how long they're waiting? You know how long they're waiting until after SummerSlam? Two weeks. One week. What? It is literally the week after SummerSlam. That is ridiculous. How is it? Well, they can't. They can't book to a, a SummerSlam a big card with five and six weeks. Sometimes, how the fuck are they going to build another card after one week? I have no reason to think that they can. Especially, and all it's telling me is that half the finishes on SummerSlam are probably going to be fuck finishes, so they can pull them over to payback. Yep. After the fact. So there's one. There's one reason to think that they have no idea what they're doing. The other one, and this is something that is probably one of the bigger headlines in all professional wrestling this week, is what we're getting on Friday. Damn, you totally uh, still have not said the headline I thought you were going to say. Yeah. We're getting a... you know, everybody thinks of Mad Max when they when they bring this up, and I'm kind of dancing around it. Everybody thinks of Mad Max because of the obvious, obvious 
title connotation, I think of Public Enemy. Welcome to the Terror Dome, bitch. All right. We're getting WWE Thunderdome. Which, why they're electing to call it Thunderdome when A, it's not in a dome, B, there's no thunder, and C, there's no Mad Max anything. None of it makes any sort of goddamn sense as to why they chose the name Thunderdome. One word, but, Vince. Yeah, Vince finally watched uh, Fury Road, apparently. Who knows? Um, no, we're... So, roll with me on this. You have WWE uh, ratings are in the toilet. Vince is mad. Investors are mad. He's gonna And puke. they want to know why. They want to know why things are bad. They want to know what Vince is going to do. Are they going to hire new creative? Are they going to push new stars? Are they going to have new and creative content? Vince takes a cue out of uh, Principal Smithers and goes, no, 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 it's the children who are wrong. And says, fuck it, we're not changing anything. We're just going to present the same shitty product we have been, but we're going to take LED boards out the ass, and we're going to have LED boards around the entire arena, and more pyro, and more lasers, and fucking drone cameras, because Kevin Dunn needs drone cameras. <laughs> and and all this crazy shit that we're getting this huge production value and massive amounts of technology and big bombast and 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 fucking ballyhoo and and pyrotechnics and everything to distract the fact that we're not changing a fucking thing. Haven't changed the goddamn thing about the quality no. of our product. Aren't going to change the. Guess roster. what? You're about to get. You're about to get an eye for an eye shot from a fucking drone. That's what you're going to get. Yeah. You're going to get the same shit product, just shot on HD camera. Yeah. You're going to get shitty product with, you know, Joe Schmo from Idaho in the background, you know, gasping at something while wearing his uh, Shinsuke Nakamura shirt. How long before they accidentally like? Somebody's <laughs> on there getting a blowy or smoking well, dope or something. I they actually I think Meltzer and uh, the Observer Network this morning released a uh, the paperwork for the application to be on screen. Yeah, like if you want to be one of the fans, it's on screen. You have to like they show the paperwork. You have to like agree to. Oh yeah, and then which is if you don't agree, uh, they'll fuck. No you. political statements. No, you if you're going to be on camera, you have to remain on camera the whole time. Just you, no one else. You cannot move from the front of the from in front of the camera. You can't have anybody else there with you. No signs. No uh, no logos on your T-shirt. We'd probably get yelled at if we wrote uh, if I showed up on screen with the Journey into Comics T-shirt on. Um, obviously, no political statements. No gestures. No drinking. No smoking. No anything. Just sit there and smile and clap like a good boy. That's the whole idea. That's dumb. Or and we will take you. Is they, doing that we is reserve dumb. the right to immediately pull your feed. Which I mean. As a promotion, yeah, they're they're absolutely right to say all of that because the first thing somebody's going to do is whip their dick out. It's going to happen. You oh, know, yeah. That's the very f- – within 30 seconds, somebody's going to do that. So they are absolutely right as a, you know, as a multimillion-dollar company, company that needs to protect their own interests. Yes, they're right to request all of this thing, and they are absolutely within their rights to do so. However, don't expect genuine excitement from it, too. <laughs> Don't tell me to sit on my chair and be a robot and cheer for you know cheer when uh, Dolph Ziggler is on screen. I'm not gonna do it. Not happening. Don't ex- don't expect me to take shit with a smile. That's why I get on Twitter and make fun of your dumbass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and get us a bunch of followers for making funny jokes. Uh, uh, 
I don't even have to make the jokes. I just point out the ones that WWE makes. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Um, so, like, I don't know. This whole Thunderdome is just, it's a fiasco waiting to happen. It could be really cool. I'm not going to lie. It could be, production-wise, it could be great. It could be really fun and interesting to see. But it's not going to improve their ratings. It might for one night. But it ain't gonna it ain't gonna fix it because it's not you're <laughs> you don't screw in a screw with a fucking chainsaw. It doesn't happen. <laughs> ain't working. Isn't gonna work. So now well, let's also take the count the fact that giving Kevin Dunn drone cameras may be the worst idea in the long and sad history of bad ideas. <laughs> Just throwing that out there too. <clears throat> and if there's eight million people out on uh, in, on eight million LED screens in the in the audience Guaranteed, he tries to zoom in on every one of them individually at some point. <laughs> That's going to happen. It's going to happen. Zoom in, zoom out. Zoom in, zoom out. Zoom in, zoom out. Have so, you watched any Raw Underground segments at all? Have you? Uh, no, I haven't. I've still watched any of Raw Underground. I'm not going you, you to. You need to just for the fact that it's amazing to see. And, and they've actually done some good with it. I will say this. They've had they've had some, some progress, a little bit with it. However, you cannot keep track of how many camera cuts there are in it. You can't. It's shaky cam the entire time. It's terrible. This is coming from a telecommunications student who's handled cameras in college. I what studied cameras in high school. Wrong. They are wrong on every fucking level. 100%. Everything that Kevin Dunn does is wrong. From a compositional standpoint, from a film standpoint, everything he does is is a it's as wrong as watching a monkey trying to fuck a coconut. <laughs> it is not going to work. <laughs> And it's going to be amusing <laughs> but, for a second, but you're going to get really bored of it really quick. It'll be amusing. It ain't going to work, and he's just going to keep trying it. <laughs> so I'm surprised this didn't get brought up sooner because I thought this was probably the most prominent headline that came out of the wrestling world this week. So, Renee Young quit. Oh, that's only prominent because that's happened within the last 24 hours. Well, last 12 hours. Really. True, but I mean, think about the implication of her leaving what that means for I, a lot of different things and the timing of it. Here's the thing. She's on the other side. Is, Go ahead. Here's the thing. I, it's a big. It's not a really big loss for WWE, and it is at the same time. It's a big loss because she's great. She's very good at what she does. However, it's not that big for WWE because they don't use her properly anyway, so it really doesn't fucking matter to them. Um, if they used her properly, Talking Smack never would have been canceled. Feel ya. I absolutely feel ya, yeah. But... She's also been very public with the fact that wrestling was not her end game. You know, going to WWE was never her goal. It was she wanted to use that as her next step into something bigger. She wants to go to ESPN or Fox Sports, and there's a very realistic chance that that's exactly where she ends up. And I can see her doing it, and she'll be very good at it. I think she's going to AEW for a little bit next, though. Uh, I think the we'll opportunity I mean, to work with John. There's every reason to think that. There's every reason to think that she will, and I wouldn't fault her for doing it in the, for a world for a minute. But I don't think that's where she ends up long term. Well, long term, I think you're right. Uh, I, as far as like probably ESPN or something, because she does have that as an option. I just think in the short term, she can go to AEW and give them an additional kind of rub and flavor they don't have. And here's 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 my question, and this is going to kind of sound sacrilegious. Do they really need it? Every little bit helps. No, but seriously though, do they? You can say that she's going to give them a rub, but is she really? 
they already have Shivani. They already have JR. They already have Taz. Now they've got great female commentators in uh, uh, Vita Scott, who's doing really well for herself. Uh, you have guys like Colt Cabana who can jump in at a moment's notice. You can't tell me Jericho doesn't have a potential you know, spot there. Hell, uh, Excalibur should be back fairly soon. Will he be, though? So, supposedly he will. I've heard that he's going to be back on the 26th, actually. Okay, okay. So, I have heard that. We'll see. We'll see um, how that plays. So, like, I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I I understand that every bit helps, and she would be a great get for them personality-wise. She'd be great to have on there, but I don't really think they necessarily need her. You know what I mean? I think they're doing all right as is. Now, she's better than Marvez by a long stretch and by some of the back... Than some of the backstage interviewers, she would also be better. But than they don't JR. do that. I mean, many. no offense to Jr. But like, let's be real. No, that she's not, if she's going to AEW, she's not going to be on commentary. Probably not. No, but and would she be better at backstage interviews than Marvez and some of the other people? Sure. You'll notice they don't do a whole hell of a lot of those anyway, though. And half the time when they do, it's Shivani. Hell, and Dasha Gonzalez is very good at what she does as well. Oh, Dasha's great. So. I'm not saying that I would I would have a problem with her going there by any stretch of the word. If she wants to, more power to her, and I think she'd be great at it. I'm just saying I don't think that that AEW expressly needs to bring her in. Like they're going to be just fine if they don't. I guess that would be the right way to say it. Which if she's an addition if they have her and she'll help the roster, sure. But I don't think they necessarily have to have her to succeed. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total sense. It just depends on um, how everything goes, I guess, and what her play is. I think the, the thing I kind of was more shocked by the story is the timing of it all. Because yeah, she kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, just got over the COVID thing. Had done like one yeah. or two of the backstage things. They did the watch along for SummerSlam '92, and then she made the announcement did, like I'm done. Yeah. Well, there's also there was a rumor that going around for a while at some point that when she got. The Rona, and she adver- she announced the fact that she had the Rona. There was heat with on her within WWE. There was some rumor of that, and I could see that sour her on certain things, definitely. Oh, for sure. If that's true, if that's true. Um, but I, yeah, the timing of it's weird in the sense that it just kind of came out of nowhere. But I mean, was there ever really going to be a good time to do that though? No. So I mean, I, I don't know. I, to me, I it's like the whole story of her leaving. Yeah, it's a bummer. I hope to see her. I want to see her do well. I would love to see her on screen again. But I, it didn't really bother me so much because I don't think she's. WWE is going to suffer without her, but they're not going to suffer that much because they don't care anyway. Well said. I mean, call it spade a spade. Like, they haven't really used her in any meaningful way other than hosting the backstage show, which I don't even know if people even watched, to be honest with you. I occasionally watch because so they do have some good segments, but it's not something I like actively tune into. The only reason people, the only reason people watch that show is when CM Punk got on it. To me, like that's the only thing that drew people to watch the backstage show was CM Punk. Pretty much. If not, it would it would have been canceled sooner. Um, the big story. If you want to talk about big stories in wrestling, um, I don't think you can get any bigger than real life. <laughs> and. Uh, Real life hit pretty hard this weekend for uh, Sonya Deville. Oh yes, good God, bring that's this up, please. Kind of the that's kind of the biggest one, and really, there's not much to really, really say here because it's pretty cut and dry. Um, 
the news story, if you haven't heard, uh, I think it was late Sunday or early Sunday morning, like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, her house alarm goes off because there's someone in her house and come to find out that it was a, for all intents and purposes, a stalker who had been there for a couple of hours. It like cut his way in through her like screened in back door or back porch or something like that. And had been, I guess, had been in the house for a little bit. Just watching them. And, uh, yeah, apparently was watching her and Mandy watching UFC. And um, was, like, strapped up with zip ties and had fucking mace and a knife and all this other shit. And uh, alarm goes off. She comes down and sees him, you know, yells, who are you? Sees what he's got on hand. And she and Mandy bolted the other way. Managed to get out safe and sound. Guy gets arrested and... probably does uh, he's going to be doing at least probably 10 to 15 years won't be life but he'll probably do 10 to 15 aggravated stalking bro aggravated stalking breaking and there's a lot of shit but they unfortunately there's nothing that's going to put him away for good well Um, yeah but how fucked up a world is it and like it, it really shines a light on uh like they looked at i guess she opened her instagram after the fact and there was like messages from the guy that she had not seen and opened, like, tons of messages. Like, I think he even threatened that he was going to, quote-unquote, kill the other woman that's there with you, being Mandy Rose. Like, this was meant as a kidnapping, and she probably, like, he's not holding her hostage for, you know, ransom or something. He's there to hurt. Like, there, there is some bad juju going on, and if we don't get the, if we don't get the story playing out like it does that we got in real life, we got a we got a story that plays out very differently and it's very bad. Well, and it almost played out differently had he wised up to what she did cuz from what I understand from reading the reports, she said that they ran off through the back door or out through mm-hmm. the garage or something and he thought they went upstairs and cuz watching right. her security cameras, she saw right. him go upstairs. Yeah, he just he just went the wrong way, yeah. So, Literally, that was the only difference. I, I, and that's insane. It is and you know, on the one hand, celebrities and crazy stalkers, that's unfortunately not something new. There's a very John Hinckley thing to the whole situation, but there's something to be said of it now in this world that we live in that has social media and the the genie out of that bottle where, you know, you look back at this guy's social media history and literally all it is is Sonya Deville tweets and responding to her and tweeting at her and commenting about her. The dude was, like, stalking her over that, and she had no idea. Uh, uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the comments from uh, Sasha Banks in the past talking about how she's been hounded at the airport from people who are waiting for her to get off the plane because they found out when her plane was going to land. That's pretty common, actually. There's a dude I know, he chases autographs like that. He goes to the airports, yeah, that's not, you know, that's, well, used to before. Don't encourage that. That's not a good thing. None of that is good. No, it's not. It's cre- I've always um, thought it was creepy and like, it is. why it's would you creepy. do that? It's extremely creepy. Um, I can't remember who it was I read something about recently that some guy, I think, I want to say it was a pro wrestler and I can't remember, um, said that he got off social media because someone tweeted him Google map directions to his parents' house. Like, I know where your family lives. Whoa. That kind of shit. Like, I don't, and I, really, there's not a good, there's no way to address it. How do you, how do you stop something like that? How do you, 
how do you how do you address that? There's we need no to have better safety. mental health care in our country. Uh, End of story. Better mental health care doesn't help if you don't catch it until after it's already happened. Well, that's I mean that is true, but I, I feel I like mean, you know how do you, how do you yeah. Do you, you think Twitter? You catch... Do you think Twitter should have some sort of a system, or like Instagram or whatever, some sort of a system where if alarming behavior is happening, they alert the person or like alert authorities or something? Well, they, I would say so, but they have to be alerted of it beforehand. Somebody has to notify Twitter, or they have to figure it out ahead of time. Well, what I'm saying and... is, is like if if as a as a I mean AI can figure anything out now, pretty much. If you go right. on somebody's page and it is is you know a fan page, but you notice certain language or certain tags or certain context is being used, the bot should be able to filter that and go, "Hey, something's funny about this." Get a person on it to make Maybe. the judgment I, call whether this person yeah. seems dangerous or not. The problem is you're now inviting, you're kind of opening the box to censorship a lot more. Of are they going to watch everything you're saying? Are they going to watch everything you're tweeting? I mean, that's, um, yeah, I guess that's true. And that's that's a whole another kettle of fish. But I would think what I would hope is if you if you get someone who has sent multiple, multiple, multiple tweets to a certain address that are not responded to, that should be a red flag. Like if you have somebody that sent 300 messages to Sonya Deville and not a one of them has been opened or read, maybe that's a red flag. You know, maybe that's content that needs to be that's something that should trip an algorithm or something like that. Absolutely. I don't know that. I don't know that watching for language is necessarily going to be the thing because people use blue language all the time. Yeah, you're right. You know, you can't get somebody on there that tweets fuck you and means, you know, screw you or something like that, but gets and gets taken for sexual offense because he said fuck and you in the same sentence. Yeah. You know, there's there's not I, I'm no I'm no tech guy. I can't say what can and can't be done. I I by no means do I know the ins and outs of algorithms or anything like that? But I think to me, at least in my perception of it, is that's a a weird, slippery, and maybe impossible slope to try to navigate in terms of watching people's content. Because, um, I mean, the the far end of that is some real 1984 shit, and we don't want that either. <laughs> no. So... I don't know, man. It's just, it's a scary situation. It's a weird situation. Um, you are thankful that she's help, happy and healthy and that Mandy's the same way. I mean, because obviously it's, 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 I keep saying Sonia Deville, Daria Baronado, her real name, that's her house. It's, you know, her privacy that's being invaded. That's her that was being stalked, but Mandy was every bit in danger as well. Um, it's, yeah, it's just fucked up. And, uh, we got to be better as people. You can't. I. 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 It's stupid to say, and there's got to be something. There's got to be some way to help this kind of shit. You can't. And I mean, rounding people up, and slapping them, and telling them don't be creepy fucks doesn't necessarily work. I wish it did. No, it doesn't. <clears throat> you line them up like the Three Stooges and just go down the line, just <laughs> slap all of them. But <laughs> it just doesn't work, and. What does we don't know? Uh, you're you can't fight crazy. <laughs> it's it's weird. You can't you, you you can't predict. You can't fight. You can't figure out what it is. And and it's a very scary thing because there is no safety that you can really rely upon. I guess I don't know. 
but just be thankful that it turned out the way it did, I guess. Yeah, I, I when I read the when you sent me that headline and I like read the whole thing, I was like, wow, this is fucked up. Uh, my my first response to it on Twitter was like, what in the actual unholy blue fuck is wrong with people? My God. My other thing Problem was, I, I wonder how long around. before she moves. Uh, we would hope the house is on the market soon. Like, it should um, have been on the market the next morning, bro. You know, the worst thing I heard, and it's, it's funny, it's funny in a morbid sense, but again, there was she and Mandy sitting there watching uh, UFC. They've been friends for however long. Um, but these are also the same two. They're going to be in a hair versus hair match coming up in a number of days. And somebody commented, I think it was on Cage side of, man, if Bill Watts was here, do you think he would have fired the two of them by now? Ooh. <laughs> so or, that's some real uh, Iron Sheik and Hacksaw Jim Duggan kind of shit. Yeah, really breaking kayfabe, breaking it open. Yeah. Not that it matters anymore, but... No, of course not. Yeah. Um, Getting back to some happier headlines. <laughs> sure, I'm sure um, we've only got a few left. Uh, I do have some. Um, just I'm going to start kind of slam-banging through some of these. We've already hit a couple of them. Sure. Um I know we don't want to have the show run forever in a day this time through. Uh, we've already hit on Renee Young, the Thunderdome. Um, I mentioned the Flair Orton segment the other day. Uh, I think it was a week ago on Raw. If you haven't had a chance to go back and watch it, it is probably the best promo that Ric Flair has cut in 20 years. Um, absolutely awesome segment with him and Orton. Even though, you, even if you know where it's going and you know where it's going to end up, still Flair is at his most human I've ever seen him. He actually talks about the coma, talks about being, you know, almost dead, talks about his son briefly. It's 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 a tough promo and well worth your time to watch if you haven't had a chance to. Um, I mentioned the indies on the uh, on the network. Um, another quick thing about the independence this weekend coming up is actually kind of special to me. I'm looking forward to it, uh, mostly because. If you remember back when WrestleMania was still uh, WrestleMania weekend, when it was still the spectacle that it was meant to be before Corona robbed us of everything that we love in the world, um, there was supposed to be a ton of indie shows, and, and I was going to end up taking what I call was going to call a wrestlecation. I was going to stay at home and watch wrestling for four days straight. Fuck yeah! Well, uh, this weekend, as luck would have it, as fate would have it, we have. Uh, on the IWTV network, Beyond has one of their first live shows since COVID. They've had one or one, maybe two, but they have a brand new live show, Black Label Pro, who I'm very passionate about, uh, near and dear to my heart, near and dear to us locationally, uh, has their first show back. Is this weekend? Uh, uh, GCW has a show on I, on the IWTV network this week. Another live show. So we're starting to see the beginnings of the indie wrestling scene kind of creeping back a little bit uh, all this weekend. We also have NXT TakeOver 30 Saturday night. We have the should be tonight, but it is actually going to be on Saturday, Saturday night Dynamite. Oh, this weekend yeah. on Saturday going right up. You want to say uh, NXT versus AEW. Now we're getting the first ever Saturday night Dynamite versus a TakeOver. There's some ratings right there. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we have SummerSlam on Sunday. So we have three big independent wrestling cards. We have AEW, we have TakeOver, and we have SummerSlam all in the span of 48 hours. Wasn't the uh, Hall of Fame supposed to be happening this weekend, too? There was a rumor that that was going to happen, but that, that kind of disappeared, honestly. Okay. Um, 
back when WrestleMania was still, you know, are they going to have it in front of crowd or not? Uh, back in the early days of COVID, which seems like that was five years ago. Um, now there was talk that they were going to move uh, back when SummerSlam was still going to be held in Boston. Um, they were going to have the Hall of Fame show prior to, but yeah, that just kind of fizzled out. Like they announced the Hall of Fame roster, but that I don't think we're ever going to get a show out of it. Or if we do, it'll be next year. Um, so we have this kind of what I'm calling now Mini Mania Weekend. I'm excited for it. I hope to watch as much wrestling as I can over 24 hours. Just veg out. Um, and part of that, and I, we haven't really touched on TakeOver or SummerSlam yet. I do want to run over the cards real fast um, just to get quick hits. We do have on uh, TakeOver which is the card I'm more excited for, and smaller card. Um, right now you have a ladder match for the North American Championship, which is vacant. Um, and Right now I haven't watched this week's NXT, so I don't know what the final spots are. But it is Bronson Reed versus Damian Priest versus Cameron Grimes versus either Ridge Holland or Johnny Gargano or Dream or Balor. So they've got four, two spots that are still up in the air uh, that we haven't seen yet. Gar- um, Gargano. The ladder match that should be pretty... I didn't see who won yet, so... He won. Oh, Gargano did win? Okay. Mm-hmm. So it'll be... Uh, do you know if... Uh, oh, the show's still going, so we don't know if Velveteen Dream or Finn Balor won. That's another headline in itself. Velveteen Dream's back, and people kind of uh, didn't like it. <laughs> Taking over um, to get back that 12-18 to 18 demo. Well, yeah. Well, a couple things to spin out of Velveteen Dream just while we're mentioning his name. A, they turned him heel that same night, they brought him back and then turned him heel after the match, which is probably going to lean into the fact that he was going to get booed by a live crowd anyway. He's not going to get booed by the people there at Full Sail because they're all there told to boo and cheer who they're told to boo and cheer. But a live crowd right now, I don't think it's going to be too receptive to Dream. Um, B, they interviewed uh, Triple H over the last couple of days, I think it was even the last 24 hours, and asked specifically about Dream. And he said, we did our research, we didn't find anything moving on. Which tells us precisely nothing. Um, and in the light of the fact that we've seen and heard screenshots and heard the audio of the DMs and things that he sent, we've seen things. How could you not find things? <laughs> For real? What are you blind? Right. And rumor is that uh, one of the guys that supposedly he contacted, uh, an indie wrestler whose name I cannot remember, that Dream supposedly contacted when he was younger. WWE, he's claiming WWE didn't even bother to contact him to find out with him, to talk to him. So, kind of feels like WWE's not really doing any kind of research into it, but saying they didn't, saying they found nothing is kind of disingenuous. So, we'll see how that plays out. Well, especially with what happened to Enzo. Yeah. So Doesn't really look good. No. Um also on TakeOver, we have the NXT Women's Champion, uh, Io Shirai, defending her title against Dakota Kai. Which, I mean, on paper seems like a pretty good match, but Kai's not been presented as anybody to be afraid of, really. She's either had a heater that she's done, or she's lucked into wins through Mercedes Martinez interfering in things. So I don't really know why we're supposed to take her seriously as a challenger. Uh, but the main, sh- or the main uh, two matches are Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, who... Great. Pat McAfee's done a hell of a job building this on his own right, and the guy's got a good ear for promo. So he's done a hell of a job building it. 
Uh, and there's something else I want to touch on from that here in a moment. But the other big match is the NXT Championship of Keith Lee versus Karrion Cross, which has my interest because I'm a fan of both of them. Also has my interest because what are they going to do? They really, Cross doesn't need to be losing this early on, and Lee doesn't need to be losing this early on into his uh, championship reign. And NXT is not usually known for its non-finishes. Retribution! So, I don't know what's going to happen. I hope it's not retribution. God help us all if they ruin an NXT card with that bullshit uh, program. No, thank you. Um, I do want to get your thoughts on uh, the Adam Cole thing briefly. Have you seen any of the clips of that recently? Like the, I saw uh, the punt. promos or anything? You saw the punt. To the balls. Um, the interesting thing about it was the week after, um, well, a couple things interesting came out of it was that uh, the whole punt and everything really ruined the uh, championship shot for Fish and O'Reilly. You know, they lost their shot at the championship because of that punt and the distraction it caused. Yep. And then the next week, uh, we have Cole cutting a promo and, you know, railing it at McAfee and everything. But in the background, you have O'Reilly specifically looking pretty stone-faced the entire time. And it's got a lot of people wondering if we're going to see... I, I originally thought we were going to see a face turn from the Undisputed Era. I thought they were kind of leaning into the comedy thing with Dexter Loomis originally. They were kind of being face-ish. So I kind of wonder if we were going to get a face turn out of it. But it's seeming more and more like we're going to get a face turn out of Cole and maybe a heel stable of the Undisputed Era led by Kyle O'Reilly. Mm. Have the Era turn on Cole. Oh, return to and Red I'm Dragons. I'm in. I'm here for it for the fact that it, it gives uh, all four of them something to do while keeping them on NXT and keeping them the hell away from the main roster. Yeah. So that's good. All good things to me. I'm a fan of O'Reilly, so I'd love to see that. I'd like to see him get some actual, uh, you know, credit on his own right. Um, moving over to uh, SummerSlam, which is. I mean, can't believe we're building to SummerSlam in a few days. What? I mean, it's August. Of course we are. We sh- it's time for SummerSlam. This is what it should be. Doesn't feel like it because nothing it feels like matters anyway. So it's hard to feel like SummerSlam is important because nothing has been different. Nothing's been unusual. And no one gives a shit about anything WWE does anyway. So it doesn't feel all that special. Um, but you have the Street Profits versus uh, Andrade and Garza with the added bonus of. Uh, Zelina Vega tried to attempted murder uh, Montez Ford, maybe, um, and then got beat up on Twitch. A weird segment there. Um, you have Apollo Crews versus MVP for the uh, United States Championship because God hates me. Um, <laughs> Why? Because God hates buckles. Uh, yeah, because I've seen that match uh, again. I don't. I, MVP is wonderful. He's been doing a great job. I like the faction, but. They've been doing MVP versus Cruz for the last three months, and I don't care. I've lost interest in it entirely. It doesn't help that Apollo Cruz has the you know charisma of a bath mat to me. <laughs> he's got he's he's wonderful in the ring, great great in ring skills, but just zero personality. He's the unevolved form of Bobby Lashley, who also has no <laughs> charisma of any sort to me. Um. You have the uh, hair versus hair match for, of uh, Deville versus Mandy Rose, which should be a banger because Deville has been killing it lately. 
she is actually really coming to her own as a great promo and a great character worker as well as a great wrestler. So hope the sky's the limit for her. Mandy Rose, I think, is going to have a chance to really show off what she can do, and that's something she's not had recently. Um, you have some questionable booking and dumb, in my mind, booking of you put the uh, tag team titles and the women's titles from Raw and SmackDown both on Bailey and Sasha, and you've created kind of problems with that because there's over oversaturation with the two of them on every show now. So what's your solution? Have Asuka fight both of them for both of their titles. Think she's just going to beat one of them? Probably. That's the only real hope to it. I mean, here's the here's the positives to it. Both of them should be pretty good matches because Asuka's a great worker and Bailey and Sasha are both great workers. So you should have two really good matches out of it. However, the end result is one of two things. Either you have, you know, you go from Bailey two belts and Sasha two belts to Asuka two belts and we're back where we started, or not shouldn't say back where we started, but we have the same problem of all your roster is dedicated to three people. Well, and then every or, women's champion you've recently had is also known as two belts. Right. Back to yeah, two belts. Yeah, every single one. Because creativity is dead. Um, or, you know, what I'm kind of hoping is that one of them costs the other, being Bailey and Sasha, one of them costs the other her title somehow. So we can finally get the Bailey Sasha feud that we so desperately needed, um, and part of the part of the reason this is all kind of a mess. And as much as the two of them have been doing good work, or three of them, I should say, oh, Bailey Sasha and Oscar have all been doing great character work lately, and all been having really good matches, and they've both they've all been fun to watch. But other than Shayna Baszler, maybe there is not a single woman on any roster right now that has been built up as worth a damn. Like there's no credible threats to those three at all other than Shayna, maybe and that's if they actually have faith in Shayna for a change. If Vince hasn't completely soured on her. Like, do you think Sonya can get that spot at some point if she keeps doing what she's doing? I think she should. Absolutely should. Do I think she will? Yeah, we'll see. I, uh, Here's a headline for you. They took a step back in the women's evolution uh, on Monday this week. Big step back. Huge step back, in fact. Oh? Uh, so, uh, and if you have, you're not gasping at this, I'm guessing it means you haven't heard of it. Um, so, on Monday, a couple weeks ago, or about a week or so ago, we had the return on screen of Mickey James. Someone we haven't seen since the... Uh, uh, it was a battle royal for some pay-per-view back in the spring. I don't remember what show. She has not been on screen in a few months. Uh, healthy, but just no one had any... Creative has nothing for you. But she's back on screen last week on Raw. And they had her in a bit of a uh, backstage promo segment with this new pairing, I guess, of uh, Natalia and Lana who are now like trying to be social media influencers or something along those lines. Um, Fast forward to this week, and we're going to get a match out of it. We're going to get the in-ring return of Mickie James, who, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably the only Hall of Famer, like bona fide Hall of Famer, on your roster right now. I mean, like, 
you can say the four horsemen are going to get there eventually, and they will. But she is the only one that you can say, full stop, she is a Hall of Famer right now. You can, She could retire right now and go to the Hall of Fame right this second. For for WWE and for NXT, or not NXT, but WWE and uh, TNA, both. Legitimate Hall of Famer. So her first match back. And I'm watching Raw. We come back from commercial. All three of them are already in the ring. So not a single one of them got an entrance. Match starts. They go about maybe a minute, minute and a half. And then out walks Seth Rollins and Buddy Murphy. Down to commentary. And Seth starts bitching at Samoa Joe about Rey Mysterio. The two of them are arguing. And they're not commentating at all. The match is still going on. But the camera, the dialogue, everything is on Seth and Joe. The match ends in a count out without being called. Less than five minutes. What a waste of time. So, yeah, not just a waste of time, but an absolute disservice to everybody involved. You're telling me that none of them deserved an entrance, their match didn't deserve commentary, and their match wasn't noteworthy enough to even warrant having people pay attention to it. You're going to tell me that it's more important to listen to Seth and Joe banner back and forth and actually accomplish absolutely nothing? Really? And then a count out? On top of that, you didn't even. You can't say that you have a winner. You have a fuck finish in that. And in, in, in less than ten minutes, less than five minutes, really, it's a massive disservice to everyone involved. Like it's literally worse than some of the diva shit that I'd seen in the past. Well, I absolutely agree. And to do it's that, awful. to to do that to. I'm not gonna say I give two shits about Lana. She her character annoys me. The performer annoys me. The only thing she does that's worthwhile is on Instagram because she and Rusev are funny. So I, I don't care if I never see Lana on my screen on WWE programming. Again. Me, nothing against her specifically, but it would mean absolutely no difference to me if she was to just go the way of uh, Eva Marie. But, Lana, or, but Natalia and Mickey James both deserve far better than that. And I'm not even a Natalia fan. But both of them deserve far better than that. There's no one on your roster that deserves that kind of bullshit. Jobbers don't deserve that kind of bullshit. So that's, that's you know, glad your women's evolution is doing so well. Um, <laughs> getting back to the SummerSlam card. Um, yes, we're going to get Sasha versus Asuka, and then we're going to get Bailey versus Asuka. Maybe we'll get an uh, advance to the feud from there. Who knows? Uh, we're going to get a street fight between Dominic Mysterio and Seth Rollins, which should be fun. It'll be interesting to see finally see Dominic Mysterio in a match. Um, I made the comment the other day that, uh, man, Dominic's tall. I wonder if he gets his height from uh, from his Guerrero side. Um, totally does. But There's some conjecture running around whether he's going to wear a mask. Big credit to Dominic. What's that? There's conjecture or not whether he is going to wear a mask to the ring. I bet he comes out. I bet he comes out in one, but I don't think he wears one to fight in. Um, but props to him for uh, last week's Raw when he got the uh, beating of a lifetime with kendo sticks. They wrapped him up in the ropes, and Seth and Murphy went to fucking town on that boy. Lit him caned up. him in the stomach, and the pictures that came back from that 
old boy got some uh, war wounds. Um, props to Dominic for taking that kind of bullshit. And uh, you might want to tell Seth to rein it in just a little bit. I don't know. Um, you can argue that there might be a receipt in there too, because I know Dominic got a couple of good shots on Rollins the week before. But here's the thing: Dominic's, you know, not exactly a trained expert in those kendo sticks. He's not had a whole shitload of experience, to my knowledge. Seth has a little bit more. So you can forgive a, a rare shot or a, a wayward shot from Dominic a little more. You can forgive a wayward shot from Seth. Sure, sure. That dude looked like hamburger when they were done. Um, we're getting uh, Braun Strowman versus The Fiend in what is a mess of a storyline that now involves Alexa Bliss because, you know, I said this on Twitter, but you know what this feud between a monster and this slasher villain really needs? A romance angle. <laughs> yeah, because that's going to do great for anyone. Oh involved. yeah, and some and some misogynistic violence too. Let's throw that in there. Let's throw in Bray being the first guy in WWE programming in probably a solid decade to choke out a woman on screen, and then let's have Braun I, act like he's going to throw her up the fucking ramp just because he can. <sighs> so there's some really weird kind of icky tendencies into that already. They're also kind of doing this weird double turn where now Braun is acting heelish and Bray is coming to the rescue of Alexa in some way. So they're kind of doing this weird double turn, which doesn't work because the Fiend is not a protagonist and because Braun is not a good antagonist because Braun can't act. <laughs> his his entire acting range is going, I'm angry. I'm the monster now. Um, I'm evil and I say son of a bitch. I'm going to eat your entrails, which is actually something he said. Um, so uh, this is all kind of building to us. Very likely Bray winning the title back and hopefully erasing him losing to uh, Goldberg, getting that out of our system finally, getting the title back to where it needed to be in the first place. <clears throat> um, and then the final match right now is uh, the WWE Championship match between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. As I've said in the past on the show already, Orton is operating on a very high level right now. Drew's a very good fighting face character. Great character. Uh, the match should be pretty good. I'm excited to see it. I can't believe it's the year of our Lord 2020 and Randy Orton is actually selling me on a match. Never thought I'd say that. Um, but a lot of good shit. There's some actual decent stuff on SummerSlam. SummerSlam's not going to be a bad watch. There's some head scratchers, but there's going to be some interesting things and some good things from it, too. Um, trying to think if there's anything I'm missing from WWE specifically. I don't believe so. Um, they kind of teased a heel turn on from Cedric Alexander on the last Raw, which was... Uh, done and then undone because they just kind of played. They had him win the 24-7 title and lose it the same night. They're still doing Tozawa and the Ninjas because, again, God hates me. And <laughs> we're not going to get it into that. Because it's not um, racist at all. Uh, I do want to say we're kind of we're kind of scraping up on a, a long show here. We're almost two hours at this point, but I want to hit one final thing from AEW specifically um, and get your opinion on it. Uh, well, two things, actually. One, are they turning Cody heel? It seems like think? they're slowly starting to kind of tease that now, aren't they? You don't call somebody the prince of professional wrestling without calling him a heel. You're right. Um, the other thing, 
they say uh, never meet your heroes, right? Yeah. Does that also include never follow them on social media and never have respect for them because they end up being just dumb? Uh oh, Chris Jericho. What like, what I miss? Uh, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rona, my friend. Oh, Jesus we have Chris Jericho, who uh, notable notable All Lives Matter supporter Chris Jericho, because great on screen, but maybe not the best guy to hang out with. Apparently, um disappointing chris jericho and Fozzie played three shows i believe last weekend uh two live crowds numbering in what i i may be wrong but do believe to be in the low multiple thousands yeah um claiming you know oh we're we're taking this seriously and we're all observing you know, social distancing. There's pictures. No, you didn't. There were no masks. There was no social distancing. You played a live show because you played a live show. And you can tell me that you played it in South Dakota, and that's one of the states that has the least least number of cases, but that doesn't mean a fucking bit of difference. Not anymore, Buckles. Oh. Well, did they spike? Because of did Sturgis, they spike? very specifically. Wow, you know who played a show at Sturgis? A fucking Fozzie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know now, who's a member of AEW and could literally fucking bring their entire empire down by getting COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I, I'm not going to lie. If I was Orange Cassidy, I would have walked out on that match. Not lying at all. I, I know part of me thought the, maybe it was pre-tape and they didn't say anything. Nope. But nope. I, I just don't know. They didn't. I mean, we've got reports now. That was that was all done live. They did that by the way their taping schedule went. That was done live. It's a fucking. We shame. have reports from people who are in the audience. That was done live. Dumb, dumb, dumb. You went dumb, viral dumb. for your tweet about it. Randy Orton, stupid, stupid, stupid. And let me ask you this: Was the world really clamoring for a Fozzie concert? I didn't need it that bad. Did anybody? I don't not, think anybody did. Not to no. say the Fozzie's bad by any stretch. And, okay, and here's the thing really, that hurts even we, more. Okay, I have respect for that? Jericho, right? Well, had is probably the better, more operative word. Right. L- list off some of the other bands that played that event, dude. I couldn't tell you. Smash Mouth. Trapped. Fucking all these <laughs> horrendous fucking bands no one gives two dog shits about. Trapped played well, tra- to tra- literally is, six people. Say Trapped trapped is a, is a meme in its own right. Uh, I, I will say I will say before God and the uh, the world of social media, I have been to a Smash Mouth concert live before. It was free, but I have seen them live. <laughs> I mean, listen, there's in a the, time and a place in for Kokomo, Smash Mouth, Indiana. Rona isn't the time or the place. No, but the thing to me is like this, and it's not like it's some band that's gonna you know, hit the financial hardships and disappear off the face of the earth because they didn't get to play a show. Fozzie is not, you know, the Beatles. Fozzie is not Metallica. Fozzie is not, you know, this massive touring band that's going to... They're not fucking Death Clock. They're not controlling the world's economy. Fozzie is nothing more, and I, I say this as someone who enjoys some of their music, Fozzie is a vanity project for Chris Jericho and his midlife, his, his midlife crisis. That's all it is. This is this is Chris Jericho saying I have the money to put a metal band together and not be terrible. 
So, did they need to play shows? No, they did not need to play a show. They did so because they want vanity. They want to be that. They want to be the first person to have a show. They want, it's Vince McMahon syndrome. We want to be the first person after 9-11 to run a show. We want to be the first event that has live fans in it. We want to be the first person. We want to be the first person to have a live show that's got a big fan crowd in it. Yeah, post 9 is fine because that's like a national tragedy, and I well, get this is a know, national it's tragedy. The same, it's, it's different, the same mindset. but this is going to slow everything down because let me just give you the little update. Uh, yeah, a person who spent hours at a bar during the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally has tested positive for COVID-19. Uh, the rally was uh, August 7th through 16th. Um, experts are concerned that this event could have been a super spreader event as many attendees traveled from all over the country, including coronavirus hotspots. The bar goers mm-hmm. that visited One-Eyed Jack Saloon and Sturgis on August 11th from noon to 5.30 um, possibly were... Um, exposed to it and someone tested positive for having it so yeah shit's about to to get real of course they did because i mean law of averages there's going to be someone in there and that probably million people that did yeah but and and not just losing respect for jericho because i mean he's a person he's a human being he's going to have his own views on things and they may not not agree with what your views are so you might lose respect for Chris Jericho. I certainly did myself. Not as a wrestler, but as a as a person or as a personality, sure. But it concerns me a little bit to see that, you know, Tony Khan and AEW really promoted the fact that they were being progressive and being safe and being careful with everything they were doing at AEW and that they were taking the right steps and they were testing and they were making sure that people quarantined and they were doing all these good things. And then they let this happen. They end up running a sloppy shop. Yeah, that that's it's it's really hard to have Taz come out and say you're running somebody's running a sloppy shop when you're going to turn around and uh, take a shit on your own floor. It's true, man. Like it's it's. I want them to be better, mostly because I want them to be better than WWE because WWE is terrible. I want them to be better because I want them to be better than WWE because WWE's you know ceiling right now is hey we're doing an Antifa angle and we're taking blood money from Saudi Arabia. I want you to be better than that. Not, we're, not we're a high bar, people, not a high bar we're asking for. No, here. no, we're telling people that we're testing. <laughs> we're not even you know screening people. So I want them to be better than that. And what they do with Chris Jericho in this in this regard doesn't seem much better than that. That's that's worrisome to me. So yeah, it's I, worrisome to me and, too for sure, my friend. And I went so far as to uh respond to a tweet of Tony Khan's asking that exact question. <laughs> and never got an answer. Not that I expected one necessarily. I you know, I I'm fully cognizant of the fact that in the world as a whole I am I am a speck of grain in the uh in the larder of the Tony Khans of the world. My, my opinion means absolutely dick to anybody, and I can give a shit less. However, the question wasn't just asked by me. There was a lot of people that responded to that, and there was a lot of people that had the same opinion and the same question of Tony Khan, and no, never got addressed. Still hasn't been addressed. You would think even after the fact, yeah, we tested him. Not a word. Ugh, unfortunate, man. Ugh. That's uh, it's not inspiring confidence, let's put it that way. No, I don't think it so. is, brother. But uh, is there anything else we want to dive into before we get out of here today, my friend? You know, 
I wish I could have left it on a higher note than that. That's all right. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, as always, I would say, you know, I'm always out on, on Twitter, live tweeting shows. I'm going to continue harping on Twitter and everything until we get... If you're listening to the show, I'm telling you, come jump on Twitter. I know Twitter's a cesspool, but come talk to me. It'll be fun. Yeah, you I know, agree. Send, a, send a message to the Facebook page. Send a message to me on Messenger. Hell, my uh, my stats are on Facebook. Come find me. I'll t- I'll shoot the shit with any of you. We want to engage with anyone listening to the show. We know you're out there. We know you're out there listening to us. I know that I'm ranting on on you know looking into an empty room, and I know that half the shit I say means absolutely nothing to a lot of people in this world. But I know there's some of you that are listening. Goddamn right, if you buckles. are listening. If you are listening and you want to come shoot the shit with me or you want to tell me I am a fucking idiot, please do, because I will probably agree with you. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> come on in. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we, I would love to, I think we've, we've proven over the course of these, the season that I've been on so far, I can talk. I can talk at length and I can bullshit with the best of them. You absolutely can, my friend. So, by all means, join in. Have a conversation. And that doesn't just go with me. Message some of the other people. You know, we have we have the hosts of, of, of Podcastrophy and, and, and Poor360 and Brews with Dudes and all the other shows. You can reach all of us. It's true. A lot of us have pages on Facebook. Send messages. Can we receive messages on our website? Uh, n- I mean, people can comment. Yeah, they can comment on there individual episodes. There you go. Not that hard, folks. Let us know how we're doing. Let me know how I'm doing. If you're tired of fucking hearing me, let me know so Nate can kick me off. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna run an, a hot angle where he gets he gets Katie. He's Vick gonna down throw an, He's Wait, gonna what? throw an ungimmick chair at my head. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what's gonna happen to get you on here. We're gonna throw an ungimmick. Chair. I know. I know damn well Dave Linder wants to take a bump at some point in his life. He wants to be trained, and I will gladly take a bump off somebody. I love that. So. Love the spirit behind that. Folks, <laughs> as always, you can check out Journey into Wrestling right here at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on all the different podcasting platforms. Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, CastBox, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, many others. Hey Alexa, play podcasts by Journey into Comics Network. You can do that too as well, and she will play some episodes for you. I think that's going to do it this week. Buckles, anything else you want to add? No, I think that's good. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy uh, whatever you decide to watch in wrestling. And if you want to watch the independent shows, there's some on TV on the IWTV app. And go enjoy your NXT takeover. Go enjoy watching the first ever Saturday Night Dynamite. Enjoy your SummerSlam. Enjoy your pro wrestling because right now at least we have it. Absolutely. That's all I can say. Well, It may be shitty sometimes, but at least we have it. Goddamn right, my friend. Well, as always, folks, this has been Journey Into Wrestling, Season 4, Episode 24, A Moment Abyss. I've been Nate. (laughs) I had completely forgotten that joke, but that is some great pun work, and I am still Buckles. And we will see you folks next time. Keep waiting for that hot tag. Later, guys. Oh.